Yeah, there's definitely more discernment for better or worse in the three. Is this person attachment worthy? Sixes are tracking everything, but like as in, you know, like they're each dots, mm-hmm. but we're tracking them all versus sort of this like vague cloud of the nine. Because I was <laughs> trying to say, but cloud maybe just... of nine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> At some level, I guess, do you always feel you're connected to the universe or something, right? Like, so. <laughs> some bullshit like that. <laughs> right. You know, like, like... Yeah. the big hormone anyway. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres, over the five wing, four or five, eight, trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres, sexual, nine with one, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pres, with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-pres social three, wing four, with a six nine trifix if you like our podcast guys make sure you go like and subscribe on the apple podcast app and if you really like us you should definitely leave us a review and what about two frustration types john what about what how do they relate what happens during like like what's going on in a relationship like i hear it and i don't understand both of the the both the rejection and the frustration types this is again my lens i don't see how relationship happens and i know you could say the same thing about attachment you could say that it's like fake or whatever and we're all just kind of pretending so i'm i will take that point but i don't see how there's who is who is willing to meet in the middle who's willing to risk how does that work in these relationships is i guess what i'm asking yeah i mean different relationships have different stakes and so like you know uh like the romantic relationship, uh, I think for everybody is like usually the most intense shit. So I would say like, you know, like there's certain like thing, like certain things to clear, so to speak, that allow uh, me to be feel, to feel close to somebody. Like I have to see somebody has a certain kind of character, a certain kind of depth, a certain kind of humor, kind of like with uh, Emika saying, speaking to offering something. But then, yeah, when it comes to like the romantic relationship, I mean, it's the the deeper and more intimate that relationship, the more shit gets triggered because the it gets closer and closer to the primal image of of connection, and um, it's sort of like saying like an emphatic yes to it. And then, as Alexandra spoke to, I think on the one she and David were on, it's like there's this like yes, but then there's all this like to say yes requires enduring all this shit that you don't want that's around it and it's so it's like i'm saying yes while while at the same time like to move toward the yes is to like be like moving through jelly full of glass that is just like slowly tearing your face as you move toward the thing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i i constantly go between this place of yeah like of of surrender of of letting myself fall into the the mystery and letting my location be rocked or touched or whatever for a second. And then something comes up and it's, I mean, it's, and it's kind of like uh kind of clockwork sometimes where as soon as there's like a, a noticeable step into intimacy of any kind, uh, like real, I'm talking really deep intimacy. 
that's like new territory intimacy, which is coming up a lot in my relationship. Uh, it's countered by like plaguing thoughts of jealousy or some other kind of shit that just like feels like I'm dying. And um, yeah, so so it's sort of this constant like <sighs> thing has to come up and I can't ignore it. And I like I have to work through it. And fortunately, I have a, <laughs> a partner who is very patient with me. And uh you know, we're working through our stuff together, but yeah, it's, it's really difficult. That doesn't always feel like this, uh, but there are times I get into where it feels like, you know, the real thing is never possible or something. And in a sense it isn't because the real thing is based on an egoic early image. Um, and so it's like, how do I recognize the spirit or the essence of the thing I want and sort of make peace and acceptance with the necessary conditions of life, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that we've been giving the or like talking about how the hexide types don't see reality clearly because then it may disrupt their pattern. And so have to be in relationships or see relationships in a way that reinforces their ability to locate and locate specifically through rejection and frustration. I think the attachment types, you know, one disservice we do is. I mean, I think we have more openness to the field at the beginning, but it's there is our, an agenda for us, which is how do I locate myself in response to this? And so that also clouds our ability to see reality clearly too, I think, um, and is a burden for both us and those we're in relationship with. In what ways? Is it a burden for us or is it a burden for them or both? Both, both. Well, I think that, you know, if you get two attachment types doing that, like going around in circles, number one. Number two, they're, it can come across as needy <laughs> in a way that's, you know, a little embarrassing and also like a little uh, probably heavy, not so fun to take and understandably hard to take. Um, there's also... You know, I think Alexandra spoke about this too. There's an unwillingness sometimes to see difference or to see, well, if I really listen to this person, I might not like what I see. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now I, I, I have to maybe, and maybe they're articulating something that really matters to them. But if I really get in touch with how I feel about it, we're going to have problems. So mm-hmm. I'm either going to have to, disown how I feel in myself or disown their truth. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's good. Yeah. So it's it's like, you know, the hexad types are forcing their location and the attachment types might be trying to force sameness to continue the attachment. Yeah. And uh when I have conversations with my mom that shows up because she's an eight and um she tries to force her location a good amount and I don't agree with her location a lot of the time. So unless she is willing to not force her location, we often don't have conversations because I'm not willing to disown my feelings or my, you know, what uh-huh. I am. And so it can really mess with relationships. Um, but it took me a long time to, uh, assert that something that's coming up for me is uh, I think Nancy you mentioned this thing called um, that you've experienced with your boyfriend uh, or fiance that called fake intuition so this idea of 
trying to force sameness for attachment types. So fake intuition being that you assume that the other person knows what you're thinking and feeling because you're taking in what they're thinking and feeling. And so there's this uh, mm. over-familiar assumption that the other person is, is, is knows how you're thinking and feeling or that you know how the other person is thinking and feeling. And you think it's the same as your thoughts. And I, uh, it's interesting to see that play out in the group or just in general of people coming in with um, a certain location or a certain feeling and expecting that we're going to mirror it back to them in some way or that, you know, and that when we, if we don't do that, then that we're violating this unspoken agreement of um, attachment or um, which is based on some sameness. Yeah, it's interesting to watch you guys interact with people that come in with that expectation, because I see them coming in with that expectation. And I'm like, this isn't going to go well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, it's always interesting for me to watch this happen, because I'm like, I know that if there was some give on our side, they would be much happier about it. But that's also I don't want there to be give on our side. So like, but it's just, it's, it's funny because I feel like I'm watching from the outside looking in just being like, Oh, I know how this is going to go. Yeah. From my perspective, they they're coming to us asking for a location. Please tell us what you see here on my typing materials. And I'm like, okay, here's, here's our location. Here's what we see. And they're like, well, you did this to me. You didn't do this. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, but yeah, go ahead, Tony. Well, some I was thinking about it, and in my, not that specific, but myself, and I was thinking for some reason the idea of like I was like thinking of myself like a bat, <laughs> and and this idea of echolocation, and part of it is I have no idea who these people are and, and whatever, but but part of it is I literally can't I I need feedback to locate myself, and so some of it may be that I am like shifting where I am in response to you but some of it is like I I physically can't do the blank slate yeah Uh, so even hearing your feedback helps me find where I am yes the blank slate is is so intimidating and awful to be honest so I need you to tell me that I'm a nine so that I can articulate actually I'm a five or whatever Mm, mm. because I couldn't find my five until you told me that yeah Mm -hmm. But it's, I guess the, the thing that trips me up is that somehow a stranger, me, is enrolled in that process where it's like, I, I, I mean, I just, I'm just a person that you asked a question online, but I'm part of your finding yourself process. But now I'm being accused of not, you know, uh, respecting or mirroring some aspect of that process. So it's like, there's a way that I'm, we're already in it together. Mm-hmm. that attachment types are assuming like uh, you know we already kind of have a, a relationship of some kind we're in the human experience together mm-hmm. yeah well and i'm coming to you so that means i i may be open to liking you right and yeah yeah well, and it's just very hard for people i mean you can hear it on this conversation you guys know one another really well and i'm getting to know you all and we all have a lot of respect for one another so we think we do <laughs> i didn't i didn't know that courtney yeah. <laughs> I, I still hate sixes <laughs> funny how yeah. she said that with doubt at the end <laughs> there's a there's a little upturn yeah. 
<laughs> right? It's been my whole agenda for this call is just to hear how much you respect me. That's the only reason I got on. <laughs> but anyway, I you know, I do think it's it's it is unimaginable that for for many people, including myself, that you would get new information and you wouldn't quite quote unquote recalibrate. Mm. Mm, yeah. Like, like that's inconceivable to me. And it it no matter it, who it is. Yeah. It's very frustrating to watch people just not recalibrate. Mm-hmm. What, what I find interesting is like when an attachment type, I've had experiences where an attachment type wants feedback on typing or something. And it's pretty clear to me where they, what type they probably are. Like I'm not 100% certain, but, you know, and I'll give my feedback of like, well, I'm seeing this and this and this and you. And they will give me more information uh, to try to get me to recalibrate my impression, mm-hmm. but often, yeah. often the the kind and quality of information that they're giving me to recalibrate is actually reinforcing my impression. You know what I'm saying? Because so, it's not just a matter of that's because that's where I go to, but it's like they may not be aware of I don't know the parameters of how their you know new information that they're that's intended to get me on a different page. Or on their page, on their same page, is actually reinforcing the off. You know, it's like it's it's different um, metrics of recalibration. Like like I get this frustration uh, when I'm like arguing with somebody about enneagram stuff, and I'll present new information, and then there is a lack of calibration uh, to the new information. And you know, I might read it as like they're attached to the old way or some, something like that. You know, I might make up my own fucking excuse or something. But it's interesting these. These different metrics of, of what a bit counts, of a double standard. What what counts and constitutes, uh, recalibration worthy information. Mm-hmm. One one thing that I've noticed between like hexad versus attachment is at least from my point of view is that from the hexad point of view that hexad types when they're during this typing process are not going to lean too heavily on the idea that how I grew up or this other outside factor is going to, that I haven't talked to you yet about is going to change your perception of me. And one thing that I continue to notice is that um, attachment ties might get a typing and say, well, let me get, let me get you the rest of my life story. And once you see that you're going to change or uh, adapt to this new information. And so the idea that they're saying that, um, um, like, well, have, why haven't you considered that the way I grew up hasn't completely shifted my type? And I think hexad types are more comfortable with the idea that they've been the same type the whole time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of attachment types think that um, either the way the information they provide or a certain experience might have altered their type. And I find that interesting, like as, an, as a feature of attachment that... Um, that perspective would be there because I'm thinking from my perspective is the more shit you say, the more we're finding the location. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, they're saying the more shit you say, the more you're finding uh, other reasons why there isn't a location. (laughs) Well, yeah, this goes to the whole like identification with the eye to begin with. Right. Yeah. And this idea that one's eye could shift over time. Yeah. Hexad types are actually not going to like that idea. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, there may be another kind of theory that hexad types might be have resistance in a different way, right? Um, 
I mean, so all of the people that you're kind of talking about who like request the recalibration, they're all attachment types. No, 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 no. I, I think don't get it twisted. Like hexad types have their own versions of flipping out and trying to uh -huh. force a typing. Uh -huh. um, but what I see happening uh, when hexad types, everyone is trying to manipulate or game the system of trying to figure out their type, but just the ways uh -huh. they're doing it are slightly different. So attachment types really get personal is what I've noticed. They personalize the feedback in as more of a statement on their person. Like mm -hmm. you're saying, you're saying that I'm not this because, and, and they're saying that we're doing something to them. Um, and so there, it can, especially with, yeah, it can get like a, accusatory that we're not allowing them to be something so it's the word nancy used earlier violated we're yeah, violating yeah. them by not like meeting them halfway and I, I i i suspect that if there was a different method of gesturing to that place that they're at before moving them to the actual location that they, it would land easier i think the problem is that they're they're saying that you're not even listening or even uh trying to to do this, play this game of seeing, being on the same page as, as I am. And so what I see with the uh, hexat types doing is like, they think they're a different type and they're just going to keep pushing for that type or, but it's going to be self-contained. Like they're not going to feel some type of way about, you know, us affecting their person or their sense, necessarily their sense of self. They're just pushing for what they, their location is like, I think I'm a five. You guys think I'm a seven. I'm going to, you know, keep pushing for this. And you uh, guys are dumb. Yeah, like they're just going to, in a self-contained way, but it's not going to come from, well, Enneagram doesn't understand, you know, they're, they they think these types are cool and in they have this, by, you know, they, they don't personalize it. They don't, you know, attachment types tend to really get personal, like in, in a way that we have a, there's an assumption that we have a relationship here and you're violating them some sense of, and you've done something to me by saying that I'm well, an I. Yeah, because you do have a relationship from the attachment perspective. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, like I can't actually. If I'm convinced I'm a six and you think I'm a nine, if you still think I'm a nine, I can't be sure I'm a six. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, that's that's see that because you know I like <laughs> I like feedback. I I feel that in my body of like uh, like just just like the the sense of being already connected to people, like, right? It like that in itself. I'm like, well, hold up, you know, because like, <laughs> I like feedback. I think you know, I tell this to people all the time, you know, in typing sessions or whatever, is that this is like going to the the changing room at uh, at a store or something, and there's like a three dimensional mirror, and oh, I didn't see that thing back there because I didn't. I no one. I'm like a mirror. I'm gonna sh tell you that your zipper flies down or this thing that you didn't see in the back, but you don't have to actually take that you know feedback as you know you can take that point of view and do whatever you want with it that because that's what i assume i'm going to do feedback is great i can get feedback from strangers and they're going to give me an unbiased perspective, perspective they don't fucking know me and i can decide to see if if that's useful to me in some way or not but that's not the attachment perspective you well know? it's it's uh it's kind of funny because when you guys were talking about how uh, you give feedback to these people. My first reaction is, well, you aren't, you aren't very, uh, you don't, you don't meet them in the middle when they, when they're like, well, what about this? You just go, no, it's still, you're still, you're still a nine. And they want you to go, oh, well, that's a really interesting story. So when I was this, you know, and here's my story about this and they want, 
Oh, in the middle. So the fact, so like, I'm not saying that would change their mind, but that would change their um, reaction to it because they would be like, oh, you're connecting with me. See, there's like this connection that you also agree is here. And the fact that mm. you're just like, no, there's no connection. And I still think you're a nine. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking if I can provide clear reasoning, because no. it's like, I know where you think you might be. Right. I'm going to show you that um, this these are clear distinctions for why that's not true. And you have every right to disagree. But here are the reasons for why this is not what you think it is. Um, but I, I don't think that's what they're looking for. They're they're looking for a, a kind of more of a personal um, recognition of that position. You know, whether or not they decide to go either way, it's how they feel about it. And like, yeah. am, am I respecting the fact that there is some kind of connection here? Yeah, and, and if you're not, it's it's really jarring. It's and it can be very upsetting. So one of the other things that I was curious about when you guys were having that conversation about yes no, that I wanted to ask David and Nancy is. And I was trying to understand, like, are sixes the most attached sheet of the attachment types? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I they are, right? <laughs> Why is that, though? I, people have been saying things in the group uh, because it seems like between three, six, and nine, they're doing attachment differently. I've heard some threes, yeah. like, saying, I don't necessarily relate to this. or And six yeah. is saying, I don't, they're not doing it the three and nine way. So I, it just seems like a different form of attachment. And I can't say if it's the most attached. So, so one thing, this is what I wanted to ask David. So I think there's a couple things going on. So the first thing is my yes, no is very heady and I, I, everything is context for me to begin with. So I actually can feel the yes. There's a familial yes and no that like Alexandra's talking about too, but I, I can feel in myself if I'm only in my headspace, a yes and a no existing simultaneously. Or I'll feel a yes, but what about this? And what about that? And so there's, it's always got some like asterisks and caveats to it. So that's so one like thing. Even when you're alone is what you're saying? 100%. Okay. If I'm only in my headspace. Okay. So it's never one or the other. There's always a no within the yes. 100%. Unless I go to another part of my body. If I only allow myself to stay up in my head, I can, there's never a firm yes no. I do relate to that, but I also have a six fix. I think the way I've always heard sixes um, explained is like they have a committee in their head. And Uh that in this instance makes a lot of sense. Like you, it's, you're never truly alone, maybe. Well, also I'm very, I'm committed to doing no harm, Mm. right? I'm committed to what's the best course of action here. And I've defined that in a collective way. Mm. And I actually, by definition, can't see it. So I tie myself up in knots trying to figure out what the best course of action is because I'm not paying attention to what I want, right? Because that's actually not what I'm going for. And the reality is there's, it's actually unknowable what the best course of action is. Yeah. Oftentimes, if I don't pay attention to what I want. If I'm trying to figure out what to do with my family or figure out who to vote for or figure out whether I'm going to get on this podcast or whatever, it all depends. Like, what are you going to say? What's going to happen next? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, like, and off I go. And I think that's a very sick experience. Is it that you're saying that the yes, no really depends on, you know, what's happening? Like, it's a situational yes or no? 
Yes. Okay. It's all context. It's all context. And so that means that a yes that works right now can then become a no if situations the situation changes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Are you social first? Yeah. She, okay. Right? Yes. What do you say? What do you say? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the situation has changed, so yeah, you're... exactly. So we don't really know. Yes and no. <laughs> no I'm just that... wondering how much of that is social and how much of that is six. Not to take away from your experience. I'm just. I don't. You know, I don't know the separation. Social does add another another layer of that whole context. Right. Piece. Context yeah. is big with social. Yeah. I really am feeling a matrix. Like, how can my, uh, how can I, and also I'm very action oriented. Like what, like my, like, what am I supposed to do here? Mm -hmm. Just like, mm -hmm. what am I supposed to be doing? Like, mm -hmm. That's what I keep going back to over. That's the yes, no for me. Like that's where all those yeses and nos sit is what do I do? Hmm. That's where I feel the most confusion. And so for me, it's like, how can I, how can I tell what to do if I don't know what you're going to do in response? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. God. I think that, that's core six stuff. <laughs> oh, that's man. really core oh. six yeah, stuff right there. Yeah, that, that's pretty core six. Because I was going to say, I, I relate to an extent to that, but the end all be all is, okay, but what do, what would make me feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Versus the six is what is good. Yeah, that's one thing I, I appreciate about sixes is that they are oriented to action. Like the, the yes and no and figuring out what to do is dependent on what's happening and how the situation is changing. So in terms of like, um, you know, some of my closest friends are best friends of six. And I've always wondered, why does that work? You know, and part of the thing I, th I think is that they're always adjusting based on what's happening. and um orienting to you know what i should do and so they're pretty awake to the situation and as an aide, mm -hmm. i can i can appreciate that sense of awakeness it's like this is someone who's going to adjust to how a situation has changed even before i will mm -hmm. and uh so there's a you know from a perspective of problem solving that's something i really value as someone who's who's uh going to adjust to the changing situation and spot the problem before i will but no, that's a great insight in terms of the yes and no is never certain because every situation is always in flux. So how can you yeah. really know? Well, and that's, I mean, that's what I feel like gets a little lost, right? For the hex head types is the unwillingness to see the flux. Mm. <laughs> yeah. There's like one point in sub singular meaning that everything stems from. And so it's like, as like, as long as you're adhering to the singular point of origin of things and like that's that's all that counts. The, mm -hmm. Everything else is just a, is is a passing ephemeral thing that doesn't doesn't matter. Is like the way it feels. Like, and I know that's through the four lens of like my my core singular identity that everything else is just footnotes to. But <laughs> it's like it's like this feeling of like yeah the flux. It's like doesn't doesn't even make enough sense for me to relate to it. <laughs> but that's why, and that's what I wanted to ask David and Nancy is. I have, that's part of the reason why I have to override like body and he, uh, heart information. I'm ignoring it. I'm discounting it. I'm disassociating it. I'm dismissing it. I've got all kinds of stories about why that information doesn't belong in the field. And I guess I was curious, in some ways I'm committed to the yes, no, right? I'm committed to straddling. 
and being situational because that's how I think I get to the best decision, the best course of action. Right. And, and that's so also I, the location. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm located through like a flexibility mm-hmm. and a responsiveness. And so to do that, I have to override or I have to use whatever heart and body information I'm getting and make it no more or less important than every other piece of information I'm getting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. And I'm, yeah. And I, I, so that was the, my, that was my curiosity about the, the three and the nine, whether it's similar for you all or just because it, there's a different orientation to what your heart and body and mind sense is what you want or what you should do or what, whatever word you want to use. So I have to override my heart and body because I think they will choose inefficient paths. Uh And like, it may be going towards what I want, like in an instance of going towards what I want, but I often think that my heart and my body will choose wrong and choose a way that's um, illogical. in, in a way that won't serve my self-presiness best. So that's why I override with logic and stories. And like you won't meet your goal if you listen to them. Exactly. It's kind of useless. I don't have a sense of doing a lot of choosing. I'm just go I'm just going. <laughs> That's <laughs> just, why I spoke hap- first. It's, it's just <laughs> happening and it's going. I'm just doing, I'm just moving. It's happening. Oh There's not God. a I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Um but I mean I've got I've got a lot of frustration. I've got one seven and four in me, right? So there's a lot of like, no, that's, that's shit. You know what I mean? And, and social last, I don't care. I mean, I'm on a, I'm out of state right now working with, uh, leading a crew of five SPSO sixes and nines. Right. And, you know, they're all wanting to do stuff and <laughs> go to go to dinner and lunch and all that stuff and i i do it because i know my tendency is would be to just never talk to any of them um because i'm pretty clear on that no because I, I i don't i'm not interested in these people i'm interested in the money i'm going to make and going back home and doing whatever the hell i want to do but um but i give them trinkets of me you know going to dinner with them or whatever or else it just turns dark you know what i mean because i've done that before and i know not to do that but yeah i don't have a sense of i don't have a sense of there being like a lot of problems of decisions you know um i'm just either interested in something or i'm not and i'm and it's happening now or it's not or i'm going towards it or not Oh man, that's 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 boiling up some fucking frustration. Me, <laughs> want to smack the shit out of you. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? Why? It's just it's so inefficient. How do you do anything? <laughs> and it's it's very much what Brian does. <laughs> it, it doesn't seem intentional. I think from my perspective, because for me, it's like every choice needs to be intentional. Did you yeah. intend to get here? 
Uh, mm-hmm. But that's sort of my own hexad eight stuff is like, you know, I'm meant to get here. That's why I'm here. Right. But I don't <laughs> disagree with that. It's like how, well, my, my thing is like, how are you going to plan for anything? Mm. How are you, how is anybody else going to know what's going on in your life at but, any given moment? But I mean, some of it's just rolling with my gut in the moment of what's happening. I mean, I'm doing something that there's something I'm getting out of it. I'm moving I'm making decisions on the fly and it's not a bunch of head heady stuff like, Oh no, what do I do? You know what I mean? I'm just going. What are you trying to I'm say, just, David? Yeah, that, I'm making, what are you trying to say? Are you mocking us? Um, yes. Wow. wow. That's yeah, not really it's just, what I sound like, is it? Um, you sound worse. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, you know, I'm not. on Courtney's side <laughs> now. You don't sound like that, Courtney. No, you do not sound like that, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know another way to say it. I'm I'm a terrible representative for the <laughs> attachment gang. I'm definitely doing attachment. I mean, there's something, I mean, we've said, you've heard it in the earlier conversations. There's something that I'm doing at an energetic level that's attracting attachment um and people want to be around me um kind of all the time everywhere and so for me partly because i'm social last and because i don't have other attachment fixes in my trifix i can the feeling is i have that anytime and i don't really I'm, i can take it or leave it you know what i mean it's already there it's done so what's the more interesting thing uh-huh. mm-hmm. That's Nancy all my conscious Alex. stuff. You know, that's yeah, my yeah, conscious. Yeah. So, so there's got to yeah. be some painful stuff. I, I understand, right? There's the more vulnerable. I mean, that just made me sound like a hard ass, badass, whatever. But you know what I mean? It's not, there is the ugly, raw stuff. Um, so, you know, some other kind of questioning might have to get me there. Well, yeah. So that was my next question. The, the, what Nancy spoke about, what Alexandra spoke about, and what I also feel, you know, the sort of the self-betrayal or the, I'm mm-hmm. on this ride and I was blaming other people for me being on the ride. And now I see it was because of me acquiescing all, you know, mm-hmm. all along. Or also for me, what I might feel is the diminishment of, you know, I can't, I'm, I can't, I can't do what I'm supposed to do here because I, I refuse to listen to myself. Like do any of those resonate with you? Any of those judgments and regrets? Well, yeah. So another complication that makes me a special snowflake is that I've been watching myself be a nine for 30 years. And so that whole thing of acquiescing and going with other people's agendas is like a specific thing that I targeted to develop my capacity to say, no, I'm not, I'm, you know, just, just have a pretty clear no about that kind of stuff. But yes, when I was younger, I did a considerable amount of going with other people's agenda. I can remember a good friend of mine who's a sexual too back when I was 19 or 20 or something kind of confronting me. This is not some terrible tragedy or whatever, but that he called me a party doll 
we were all a serious group of druggy partiers and stuff. And I would just kind of, I would just, <laughs> yeah, I was just going wherever, you know what I mean? And, and I was kind of probably um, withholding a lot of what was going on for me internally, just going along and just sort of being another face in the crowd. And so that's what he was confronting me with was that kind of um, overly over malleability. And, and it must, even if like you've done all that work, there must still be like a, you have to catch yourself because it has to be your. Habit. Oh yeah. So do you feel that in yourself? It would be just easier to go along or whatever story that nine makes up. Like, yeah, no, there's still just the not reflex. Yeah. So there's definitely still in all kinds of contexts, the reflex to literally and figuratively nod my head. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to want to see agreement and alignment uh, and common direction or interests, but also knowing that I'm not actually going to go that same direction with them. Because one so, of the thoughts I one of the thoughts I had also as I was thinking about the three six nine and what I was saying are the sixes the most attachy of us all is also this the the dutiful versus aggressive versus withdrawal kind of stance of the three of us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and I had this image and I have no idea if this is right but you know just that even like the the tiniest whiff of attachment would actually just be best for the nine. You know, so that you can withdraw, yes. but also there feels like just there's still oh, like a little something there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's partly <clears throat> that whiff. Um, I don't know if it's the right analogy or whatever, but it, that's like a seed that, you know, grows in the body and flushes through, you know, the expanse of the body or something like that. And you just need that small amount and and because it's because you're partly because you're doing positive outlook positive Mm -hmm. outlook is kind of growth and sunshine let's say and so you're uh, you know it's a certain kind of life giving optimism so you can take a nugget and make that internally at the level of the at the nonverbal level of the body into maybe something bigger than it ever was or should be. And that's, I mean, that's part of positive outlook is, you know, you're sort of expanding things into positive light or something. Even if it's not there. Even if it's not there or if it's just micro, oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. It's definitely delusional. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story about that? Yes. So I have, it happened pretty recently. So I have a friend who I believe is a one and another friend who's a nine and said nine fell head over heels with this one. This one gave no indication, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like very, very little like Mm -hmm. indication towards liking this person and even had multiple conversations saying, no, this isn't going to work. And the nine, you know, professed their love for like the third time Mm. and was really emotionally, really crushed and really like believed that it was there 
took this and ran with it mm-hmm. and obviously built up an entire relationship in their head of what this was. And then the fact that they were rejected, they believed that it was there to begin with. And the rejection was then just out of the blue. And that's how far I feel like nines can take it. They can just take this one indication and just be like, create an entire world around it. And that's right. all the attachment that they need to do that. <clears throat> it's so, and, and it's similar, you know, then referring to another triad, the gut is, you know, like gut types in general, all of them can take, for example, just one or two or three facts about something and make a whole universe from it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the frustrating things about the gut types and, and maybe nine, <clears throat> well, nine's probably the central culprit there, you know, as yeah. an energy. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, cause it kind of represents that sort of universal field or something like that. Yeah. That's really interesting to think of nine needing the least amount of attachment mm-hmm. well I'm, I'm curious about nine versus three um because now that i'm looking at it it does seem to, like six is the clingiest of the yeah i'm curious about three like what does three need to get going in terms of attachment kind of hard to answer um what if, what if, uh, like, I mean, you're speaking to like us not liking Brian, like, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, like, what if we hate Brian? Um, that just made my tummy hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what do you mean by that? I don't fully understand. But I'm trying to just get it. Like, I knew that would sort of provoke something, so I'm trying sure. to get it. Like, what, like, when, when, like, what, yeah, what is, yeah, what's the, what's, I don't know how to even phrase it, but like, what's the bare minimum of attachment? Like what, what, what would gets you the need going? Yeah. Or like what, or it's some stranger or something like, do they have to be somebody that like sees you in some way? Like, no, I mean, that's nice. I guess it's, uh, admiration, a bit of admiration maybe, mm, or like, okay. um, yeah, like there's something around like, like ad- you admiring them or the other way around either one. You know, what I got when you were saying that about um, anxiety about how we would see you and Brian was it did feel emotional to me, like in like you were carrying what our, you know, the frame picture of you and Brian, would we like it? Would we frown upon it? It's almost like mm-hmm. really paying attention to the facial expressions and the emotional reaction to the image of you as a couple. Mm. And so, you know, I have always felt the sensitivity in threes to, um, you know, they're tracking people so closely because they're looking at like the minute little reactions of, you know, good, bad, uh, is this person, is this person impressed by this or not? And very minute changes in that, very sensitive to that. Yeah. And um, wanting some level of they're impressed or they like this framed picture. Mm-hmm. For me, my my husband is a self-pres three and maybe he's got his own thing going on. But, you know, what I really see is, and I've been super curious about it and thinking about it a lot, just even separate from him, but just on this, you know, because from a six perspective, that assertive, aggressive um, stance that the three can take, you know, it can feel um, very cold Mm. and... 
mm-hmm. um, you know, very transactional. Uh, and even as they're a heart type, you know, willing to um, trade in or not necessarily, you know, care about another person's perspective or feelings. And what I really notice in him is there is kind of an elitism around these people's opinions matter to me and these people's don't. Yes. Mm. And so if you're in one category, all the stuff that we're sort of talking about matters, but I almost feel like that separate, that judgment is there to enable him to, and it's like the other people don't matter. And so therefore, you know, I can do whatever I want with them. It's a, a, bit of a protective barrier. Yeah. I don't have to deal with the fact that I'm hurting this person. Right. I can maintain an aggressive stance and an attached stance by saying like, I only attach to this kind of person. Exactly. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I I was interested in hearing on this call and hopefully future calls is just how this stuff is showing up from the, the different centers, because it is very different. And, you know, some of the reactions people have been having to the, these pods, uh, because we haven't had a six on to talk about how attachment shows up for six. Um, it's just been really interesting. I think it's very different from the perspective of these three centers and what what is needed, because the three, because they are assertive types, it's like it does seem less personal. And six is the one that seems the most in it with the people in it with mm-hmm. the like, you know. I've got to be in the situation with you and we're figuring this out together. And nine can construct a whole fantasy world based on um, just one little nugget of attachment. (laughs) So it's, that's really interesting. Yeah. And I think some of it, I wonder too, if it is, um, uh, you know, I I can read people, but it's not that three sort of, I can like, I see what you're up to there. Kind you know, like I, I don't feel like I'm good at manipulating people. Uh-huh. In, in a good and a bad sense of the word, um, in a way that I think threes uh, manipulate is a pejorative, but um, yeah, but that I, I get you, I get what, like, I get how to influence you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have that way of because that if you have that skill, attachment has a different, you know, I, I get what gets you in the game. You know what I mean? From a three. And I I don't think sixes are relating to it that way. Yeah. And I think that's what I appreciate so much about sixes is like, I don't know, there's just a rawness to sixes that they're just like, they're doing attachment, but they're doing it from like a very honest place. And (laughs) as a three, that's really refreshing. To me, six is the archetypal human. I mean, you know, it's the human problem embodied in a certain way yeah that's in a way that's you know lovable and at the same time you know just in the hell of it of Mm -hmm. what it is to be a person yeah i feel like a six is always going to (laughs) understand yeah yeah Mm -hmm. which is really nice yeah i need that (laughs) 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 you had some experience with six (laughs) <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I think there's something also like you know, like we think of all of the attachment types in some ways lying to themselves, um, 
And, you know, for me, the three is like, I thought this is who I was and it turns out it's not. And like, I've been lying to myself. Like the six is much more, and I think it's, and it's related to, to attachment. The six is like, I like doing all this stuff that I don't want to do. Mm. And I'm very aware that I'm like doing stuff that's not what I want. And that's, and that's like that negative merging, the reactivity, you know, the resentment, all the things that the six is feeling um, that we do this dance of, I can't get what I want if I don't work with you. And if I work with you, I got to give dance. up stuff. Yeah. I got to do the dance, which means I got to do stuff. I don't want to do. I get that. <laughs> that's the circle. Um, you can get stuck in that forever. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. And I don't think the not the nine is certainly going along with a lot of things, but I think there's a disassociation as it's happening. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Six is really <laughs> very six much is yes. really <laughs> six is really involved, just like sort of at multiple levels. You know, it's real actually engaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's what makes it so special a lot of times because they're they're like in it with you and threes and nines are like well we're tertiary (laughs) (laughs) well and that's what i really meant by that context i i cannot Mm -hmm. understand it's like what when i move my arm john way over there is moving his body in a way that i is because i moved my arm here you know (laughs) like like i i i mean i'm making that up but like it's that kind of feeling Mm. Um, that is both deeply connecting, but also paralyzing. Yeah. Mm. God. This has been really interesting. Just, um, I think we could have more conversations about how the, uh, three, six and nine are doing attachment, but that's, that's something I'm yeah. really curious about because it is showing up very differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the metrics of attachment are very interesting. Uh, and what, like, what I mean by that is like, on one hand, like, all right, uh, just to you as a as a contrast point for myself, like very few things fit the potential ideal, right? That I could get frustrated. <laughs> like, like you know, to get frustrated properly, uh, <laughs> something has to hit my emotional back walls in a particular way. That's like, oh, this is almost it. Yeah, and then I get frustrated by the almost, um, and try to force it into the thing, and then get frustrated. But with the attachment, uh, you know, it, it, it does seem like it would have to have some kind of resonance with an early life pattern, like some kind of familiar, I think in the previous episodes, we talked about like a familial imprint or introjected sense. But it also seems like, and maybe this is me reading too much into attachment, but it also seems like because attachment types are adaptable, that even that template can adapt this template that like gives something the green light to be attachment worthy or not. And I could see sometimes that being a really good thing in terms of growth. And then other times that being like a very confusing thing. Like I think of, you know, uh, like, yeah, like sixes, like in- interjecting different uh, authority figures that may be in conflict with each other at certain times. And so like, what, what is it that gives a green light for attachment? Uh, especially if their uh, attachment template so to speak is evolving yeah there's definitely more discernment for better or worse in the three Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know like is this is this person attachment worthy that gets back to my sort of abstract idea of 
three, six, nine as um, multiples of three. Three is a is a singular. It's a singularity of mind in a in a more significant way or being in a, um, that can be more cutting or incisive perceptually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's a single three, and six is the problem of two threes, yes, no, and then nine is a fucking crowd of three threes, and thus a, a vagueness. So they don't need much to get going with attachment, and three needs the most to get going with their attachment. Oh, that's well, interesting. Well, like you know, like yeah. nine needing yeah. just oh, like okay, a nugget. Mm-hmm. Nine yeah, that does just, make sense. Yeah, like a really little nugget to create, you know, to create a, a whole world of attachment from, and three having a more specific. <clears throat> this person's worthy uh, for me, and then you know, six is more in the middle where they're really there and they're tracking everything that's happening i do think that threes are it's like again and you can think about like reconciling force like threes sixes are tracking everything but like as in you know like they're each dots Mm -hmm. but we're tracking them all versus sort of this like vague cloud of the nine (laughs) you know like and and (laughs) fog and, and, and the three it's true and the three is you know it's like a few points mm. <laughs> yeah that that hits because i was the trying to say but cloud of not <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> well and that's partially right like so like also it's like at some level, I guess you always feel you're connected to the universe or something, right? Like so, <laughs> some bullshit like that, <laughs> right? You know, like, like yeah. you know, there's a fallback, like of of attachment, <clears throat> you know? Yeah, that, that's bigger than like the like any one relationship, maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting. I guess part of the vagueness is that the relationships, in some ways, um. Could have some interchangeability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> One gripe I have is that um, back to your point, Courtney, about six being the most attached. They're attached to the most points, to the most data points. So it feels like a really um, okay. s- secure attachment in the sense that they're tracking more stuff about the thing that they're attached to. Whereas nine is more, it's, it feels like, you know, what, what are nines attaching to when it seems like they can take one little nugget and create a whole world of attachment. So anyone could be interchangeable in that attachment. It's like attachment to the whole world, uh, yeah. to the whole thing. Uh, whereas three have threes have a specific criteria for who is worthy of the attachment to needing that um, affirmation or um, mirroring. And they seem they seem the least attached to their you know because yeah that's I don't know if that makes sense but that's that makes sense to me that's interesting and so this is me trying to understand the social lens too like because I was thinking about it also like the intermediate step you know like I'll have attachment to like family mm-hmm. what the hell does that mean you know like <laughs> <laughs> what no. is that like you know. Uh, yeah, or or community. What you know, like <laughs> yeah, like it's it's a it's a thing that's made up of individuals. So you know, so mm. I was, and I'm trying to figure out if that's a social thing, and so a three would like be a social three would have attachment to 
groups in that way, but it would be discerning. He or she would be discerning about the group or if that's also like an intermediate, you know, just the idea that like to like have someone be an authority, like that's mm-hmm. already an abstraction, you know, like a church or, you know, or like an ideology or whatever, like, the, like it's another intermediate step between the cloud and a point. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to jump back to was uh, that uh, whatever sort of abstract image you were doing there, Courtney, with like you moving your arm and then John being in some totally other space doing something with his body relative to that. I mean, I notice in contexts where it's me and another person, especially that um, there's and this is trying to get to how am I doing attaching? And this is like super subterranean body type stuff is I noticed that people mirror my body language a lot and that I'm leading. Like when I'm leaning against a certain wall or a car in a certain way, the other person does it. And it's sort of, and that's, that's a kind of, um, attachment at the level of the body where it's just mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a certain kind of, uh, I don't know, interrelational dance that's happening non-verbally in connection. And does that feel like enough for you? Does that fill you? Um, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, as far as me and friendships and relationships and with being with people, <clears throat> I mean, most people like I'm thinking of that just recently because it's come up with the people that I'm working with. And again, I don't care about them. <laughs> you know, so I'm not I'm not wanting my preference actually would be to not see them and just maybe talk to them on the phone every once in a while. So, you know, what I'm referring to is in the context of, you know, sort of often just casual conversation where I'm just getting through a conversation or just being mildly friendly with somebody just shooting the breeze. Um, I'm not, I'm not looking for there to be something more and I'm not wanting to have a relationship with most people. Hmm. I don't know if that's answering your question. I think one of the things I mentioned, you know, just at least online, um, because as a social blind, I, I think David wouldn't relate to wanting to be friends or start relationships with people. But compared to John and I, who are also social blind, um, there's a sense of openness or assumption that we we are in this together, and you're invited, <laughs> even though he mm-hmm. has no, he, even though he has no intention of starting a relationship. David does put out the vibe that you're all invited. Uh, and whether, you know, unconsciously that's happening and people do feel that. Um, and it's an energy that comes through somehow in the writing. And it's again, a body thing that, uh, it's energetic, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I might be saying that, you know, not to say that I'm disinterested in all people, but I'm interested in a specific type of person and everyone else can fuck off that that's, you know, that's kind of, so it's rejecting most of things except a few things. But I think the opposite is going on with David, even though he's very specific. Um, there's a, a vibe that he's putting out that he's saying that you're, we're all in this, like you're, we're all getting the same stuff. You know, you guys can jump into the same, in the same pool that I'm in. 
I think I'm doing something um, at some layer. I'm at least wanting attachment coming toward me. Yes. The, in, the interest in attachment. And I'm obviously doing something at an energetic level and maybe, I don't know, other levels, mental heart or whatever. But so I just want to know that it's there. Well, I think one thing from my perspective that I see is that the message that you're sending is that, hey, hey, people, it doesn't really take much to get attachment going with me. That's what it feels like to me. It yeah. feels like only a couple. It's a little bit yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, just <laughs> way too. Oh, it's like, hey, it just, it, oh, it wouldn't take much. You know, we can, we can have some attachment. And I'm saying yes. it's going to take a lot. <laughs> it's right. yeah. going to take a hell of a lot yeah. to get even, you know, me to even consider you as a fucking whatever. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's like a good combination of it's like the withdrawal and the positive um, mm-hmm. and also the body, you know, kind of the energetic idea of attachment. you know, just the, the mere invitation uh, to someone else to come your way is enough. Right. And then, and that way you don't have to do anything more yourself either. Right. Like you can just go and go off and do your stuff. Right. But well, I'm wanting as- to, I'm, I'm attracting, I, it's not just me inviting, if that's what you're saying. It's also that I'm, um, I'm seeing that there, that the invitation is being met or, you know, reacted to and they're coming towards me. And so, right. But you well, don't want to have to necessarily do very much after that. With no, most of I those do not. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he just like, wants the app. He just wants the option of attachment present. Like, yeah, like a, big a lot of options. Yeah, a pool. It's a splashy pool. <laughs> yeah, and that—that's what I mean. That warmth, that openness, like that, like that. I'm relatable. Like, and and it's a lack of discernment too, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, sure. I'm as long as I get a little bit of food in here, it's, and then I don't, I don't have to do that's anything it. else. Yes, that's it. And food's good because it is, it is. As I've said, it's it's self prezzy in the sense of, I'm I understand at some level that i want a certain amount of this commodity and i don't need any more than that and i'm and i can plug in in a modular way with people that's not particularly involved Mm. see there it is for me i i assume that if i'm gonna get involved with people that it's Mm -hmm. um well i'm paying attention to someone and then i have to justify my attention which means i need to get you know dive all the way into it so there has Mm -hmm. to be there's a sense of discernment in who am i going to invest my energy into who who am i going to let in um who's worth it who's worth the the, Mm -hmm. who's worth the point but it seems like i'm at least understanding i guess what's going on for nine is that i just want some attachment here and doesn't really take much for me to get that and i'm not really gonna go that deep into this one person so who cares like let's just have everyone everyone's invited Whereas I'm I'm going to be at the party stuck in a corner with this person for like an hour. So I better make sure that this person is going to be worth that time. That's, you know, from my perspective, um, I'm going to spend more time deciding on whether if this person's worth it or not. And it, and it gets, it does get iterated out like very radically differently. Like, like with Alexandra, you know, part of social is a, uh, an intelligence about 
discern, you know, yes, it's a discernment about who to let in or a discern or it's much more tracking, you know, what's actually going on for certain other people. And, and you can have, you can locate a yes, no, or something in between as far as connecting with somebody. And so part of what I'm describing, you know, everything I've said here is partly my social blindness. Mm -hmm. And it's also specific to self-pres sexual because a distinction between self-pres sexual and sexual self-pres is that self-pres is a lot more utilitarian in the sense that, you know, this person can provide some kind of goodies, whereas sexual is a little bit more on, I'm getting a, a hit of compatible or incompatible and that's a yep. big thing for me is that I'm getting, you know, a sense of repulsion or a sense of uh, attraction to whatever this person is. And which is going to be a little bit more specific than the yep. self-press because it's like, I, I have to feel that this person's presence is going to do something interesting for me, for me to even like be able to engage them. And uh, a lot of times when I have negative reactions to people, that's what it's based off of. It's just like, I'm, I'm having a very specific repulsion to whatever this person represents. Yep. yep. Because a social blind sexual type, there mm-hmm. is a sense of reducing people to just that, to, right. you know, how, because it's not even, I can get to the character, whatever social aspect later, but it's like, it's just a direct hit on how is this person's thing mixing with my thing? Are we going to start a fire together? Yeah, and, and it's something that I'm constantly doing or sensing into everyone. And it's hard to put words to that. Like, how do I explain to someone that this isn't working for me? Like, whatever this is. Mm. And it's kind of like a chemical mix of me and them. And I'm sensing it from the very first moment that I've encountered them. And there's nothing I can do about that. That's just that it's just what it is. Uh, so it's not like it's not a judgment call on that person. It's just like I have a, a very specific reaction to everyone in term in that in in that way. And some people you're drawn to, and other people you're just like no. And that's just what it is, right? John, how do you feel about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I resonate with what you're saying. Um, it's like, yeah, just like hooked into to the specificity of chemistry. Yeah. And yeah, the idea of letting a lot of people in. I mean, it's just like a constant body sense of no. <laughs> well, it's also from the sexual or the chemistry standpoint is that some people generate deadness for me. And that's a very totally. visceral body. As an eight, it's like, you know, chemistry is aliveness. And so I have to have a, around me devised a life where I have a continuous stream of this life force, which I believe is this potential to generate electricity and so when someone shows up that's not doing that it it is a very overt experience of deadness it's like a dead end yeah and how Mm. do you explain that to someone you know how do i explain that this person is generating a dead end and i have to get i have like so that's when i start to get really reactive is yeah you know i'm you know i have to experience a dead end and i don't want to experience a dead end yeah uh yeah yeah you're speaking also very much to an eight sensibility where it's like i mean i would use maybe i would use the same word as deadness but maybe has a different flavor but Mm -hmm. it's like they have no depth they have no soul it's everybody's fucking zombie yeah and uh you know and then the ways i would like explain that to somebody has a lot to do with uh 
through my four lens of like certain kinds of individuation signals, you know, and I'm not just, that's not like a sense that hexad types from this metric or this point of view are more individuated. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, of course, like David, obviously, attachment type, Alexander, attachment type, Courtney, attachment type, Nancy, attachment types, who are all very, very individuated in my, uh -huh. you know, like have a real flavor for me. Whereas, like, you know, I've known plenty of fucking hexad types. I'm like, they're fucking dead inside, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like this thing of like, and I, pointing to how much of like a product they are of just their pattern. Uh, and, you know, I, I put the forest psychological lens on it, but yeah, I'm resonating. So yeah, it's as a social blind, there's a way that you can sort of reduce people to how they generate uh, from your own specific sexual instinct lens electricity for you. And when that's not happening, sometimes it can be hard to put words to that because you're social blind. So it's just like you're just reacting to this nothingness that's that you don't want to be there. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah, that's that's a fat one. I'm gonna split that up. Yeah. And uh, wow. there, there's a lot of really good, heavy stuff here. So I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Courtney, for coming on once again. Yeah, that's so excellent. Fun. Yeah, yeah, let me know um, if you guys want to. There's like so much here. It's so fun to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should just, I mean, maybe plan the next one to be. You want to do the next one, Courtney? Yes, we you need to. Me to. I mean. Yes, we need. <laughs> we want you. We need yeah, you. Yes, because we, we want to look at 369 again and again and again. Please come back. Yeah. No. <laughs> Look at cycle. It keeps going in cycles. And yeah, we fucking want you, Courtney. Come back. We really like you. Jesus Christ. I've been getting like training. I've been getting training in uh in uh, uh how to talk to uh, affirm six. Yeah, yeah. Like, it has to be stated. <laughs> we are all, right. all yeses on Courtney. No yeah. no. Uh, I'm happy to come back. I want to think about what I like. Well, whatever. That's my issue. No, you can just be yourself. You have ideas already. You don't issue. have to have a thing. You don't, you know. Well, it is. Oh, we got to go. But one, I mean, it's <laughs> and I do really do have to do that. But I do think that there is something around, there's something also around attachment to explore around like originality. Yeah. And like, uh, who, like, because I have a big, big, right? Right. Like, I have a big story going that I have nothing to say, you know, that's not derivative. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of that constant referencing, that, that space of originality and so forth <clears throat> is such a an ego trigger for so many people, or almost everybody, maybe. You know, absolutely, yeah, and, yeah. Like, I mean, one thing I experienced with Alexandra is I'm constantly, I'm, I'm like, I, I constantly say to Alexandra, I'm like, you know, uh, you're one of the top ten experts on the Enneagram in the whole world. Uh, you know, because it's true. Like she, <laughs> yeah, it is. even though she has no uh, sense or identification with that, like she knows it so fucking well, much better mm -hmm. than any, you know, can speak to it. And, and her Bermuda thing means, and social means like, like she, she watches all these, like uh, these like podcasts of like, I don't know, these, you know, anyway, they'll like bring on Enneagram people, but they're like very like pop culture podcasts. Right. And the Enneagram people don't know shit. And I'm like, you could just do this shit. And you right. could like, like none of us freaks could do that, you know, no, like we can't. she could do that. And <laughs> yep. I'm like, you should just do that. Cause it's like, and she's like, Oh, well, I don't even know what I would say. And it's like, you just open the channel. And it's like, I mean, I'm always like, mm -hmm. there, I wanted her on this one. I didn't, wasn't going to work out, but like, I mean, next time maybe Courtney's on, cause she was saying all this shit about, um, is clarifying so much stuff about like the personalness that you're speaking to Emika of like, when, when you're like talking through type with somebody and through, through attachment type and the personalness and, and like how, for example, 
if uh if like you know they think that they're a uh, a five but they're really a nine how to admit or to start seeing themselves as a a nine instead of a five may be betraying an atta- the attachment that the five thing was giving them you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's yes. like there's a betrayal element and there's a and I, there was there was a lot more to it but it was like fucking brilliant and so i was like yeah, so much shit and i see that with all my fucking attachment friends and whatever it's like there's so much going on there and i see it really easily as a four because i'm always looking out for originality yes and there was like oh i don't know if it's there and it's like fucking there yeah mm-hmm. like i've mm-hmm. talked about how uh beth my girlfriend who's a six who landed on some you know life-changing insights for me in terms of being able to see myself and she's always doing that she's always coming up with you know giving me new original insights and she doesn't see that she's doing that like no matter how Mm -hmm. many times i'm like she's like oh i don't know how to explain things like you're explaining things for me like you're coming up with new shit for me um but it seems like that's the issue with attachment types not seeing how their location is specific Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well right because like if you recorded us we'd actually have more location than we give ourselves credit for Mm -hmm. and if we recorded you guys you guys move more than you give yourself the credit for oh yeah all right. Thank you. Cool. So let me know. We'll keep chatting. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks. Right. See you. Bye. Bye guys. Later, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.